Hey y'all, this is Charlie. And before we get started today, I gotta let you know that here at our house, it is an absolutely beautiful day. And I don't know about any of y'all, but on a beautiful day around here, that means my husband is outside working. So every now and then you may hear this noise and you're like, what is that? That'd be his saw. <laughs> I don't think it's not going to take away from what we're doing today, but um, just so in case you start going, what is that? I think it sounds familiar. That would be his saw. Okay. So uh, yeah, so let's get started. We are going to jump into God's word and guess what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about God's word. But first, let's just take a moment to recognize that Jesus himself is here with us, teaching us about himself from his word. Because who else would know better than him? <laughs> he didn't just write this word. He is the word. So Jesus, we thank you that you are here with us, that, that you are in your word, that you gather with us anywhere, that two or three are gathered in your name. And we are gathered, my friends, even though we might not physically be present together, we are present in the spirit around the name of Jesus Christ. And God honors that. Hallelujah. You know, he is so gracious and good. We should always remember that when we pray to our father, we're not trying to convince him to give us stuff that he doesn't want to. Our God loves us. He wants to bless us. He is always looking for reasons to bless us. He's looking for us to open up the holes, to open up the gaps, to give him the space to come in and be with us. Hallelujah. So his words said where two or three are gathered together in his name. It did not say in a place but in his name, hallelujah. And we are here right now in his name, the name of Jesus Christ to hear from him and to, to see him in a, in a fresh way to know him and a greater revelation. Hallelujah. Thank you, daddy. So we are going to go into uh, Exodus 13 for just a moment because we can learn so much from the Israelites because uh, they represent us, right? The Bible now says that we have been grafted into uh, the the um, God's chosen people, that we are the seed of Abraham. And um, so we can learn a lot from them. And we're going to, as I said, we're going to be uh, speaking, we're going to be learning again today about the word of God, which we have for the last few podcasts, but the Lord's not done there yet. And when the Lord still wants to speak to us about something, the best thing for us to do is to listen, right? If he ain't done yet, we ain't done yet. And that's exactly what we're going to see from the Israelites. In Exodus 13, verse 17, this is right after um, Pharaoh had let the Israelites go after their, their years and years and years of slavery. And God had performed many incredible miracles and wonders to, to force Pharaoh to do that. And it says, now when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. For God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So what he just told us is, remember, he has a promised land, an actual specific place that he promised Abraham would be his and his descendants. Now, while the Israelites were in slavery, other people moved in. My friends, they didn't originally own this land. Abraham and his descendants did. But these squatters came in while the Israelites were in slavery. And um, But there is a specific place God's going to take his people to. But he knows because they've just spent hundreds of years in slavery that if they go straight there and they see these squatters, who, by the way, happen to be giants, 
that they'll, they'll get afraid. They'll be like, we can't go to war with these people. And they will by themselves choose to go back to slavery, right? So we see that the Lord intentionally and purposefully for the good of his people chooses their path through the wilderness. He, he leads them a different way. And it goes on to say that, hence God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea. And the sons of Israel went up in martial array from the land of Egypt. And then if you go down a little bit further in verse 21, it says, The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light, that they may travel by day and by night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So this is what happened. You got several million people in the desert and they need to know where to go. So the Lord actually appears to them in this huge pillar of a cloud, which, oh, by the way, during the day shaded them and protected them from the sun and was easy for them to follow. So when the cloud moved, they moved. If the cloud stopped, they stopped. And at night, he became a pillar of fire, which is a great thing to have in a desert at night. So he was this huge fire that would keep them warm and give them light and keep away the snakes and scorpions and all the other fun stuff that's in the desert. And the same thing, if the fire was moving, they moved. If it wasn't, they stayed. So we know that the Old Testament is all, these are all things that happen and are meant to encourage our faith, but they also have spiritual applications, right? Because the Old Testament is the New Testament hidden and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So we need both, right? So what spiritual application can we get from this? This is what we see from the Lord. We see that when we're in his word, if he ain't moving, we don't move. If he says, hey, I want you to stay right here, stay. And if he tells you to go, go. So, so what I'm telling you is, you know, um, the Lord first taught me this when, when I had got a um, Bible reading plan to read a Bible in a year. And, and I think that's great. And of course, we want to read the whole Bible. But here's the thing. We got to remember why we're reading the Bible. We're not just reading it to say that we read it, right? We're reading it because we want to get to know our Jesus. We want to know our, our God. We want to know who he is. We want to be intimate with him. And so I got this reading plan and it, and, it, and it had passages marked out that you read every day. And it said it should take you about 15 minutes to read it. Well, there ain't never one time that I spent only 15 minutes. And, and I kept falling further and further and further and behind, even though I would be reading the passage for an hour or two hours, I would still fall further and further behind. And I started kind of getting frustrated with it, you know, like, like, um, you know, you know how the devil will do. You're doing, you're reading the Bible and he'll come and make you feel bad, right? That you're not reading on pace. I mean, oh, he's a crafty feller because he ain't got no real power. You should always remember that. He's crafty and sneaky because he has to be. He don't have any power. Jesus took that from him. So anyways, that's when the Lord showed me this. He was like, you, you know, the reason why you might spend so much longer on this one passage is because that's where I'm telling you to stay. And when I tell you to move, move. When I tell you to stay, stay. Because guess what? He's the one that knows what you and I need for that day. I mean, there have been many, many, many times where I have spent hours with the Lord over one scripture, just one verse. I mean, there have been times we dug into a word for days. The name Laban, 
days we spend on that. It's, it's so funny. But anyways, so I want to encourage you with that because that same conversation I had with my friend, she had kind of gotten into the same thing where her and another friend had started um, uh, a plan together to read the Bible in a year. And she found that the other person was so much further ahead. But guess what? We are all in different places and the Lord has different things for each of us. And the wonderful thing is he never treats us like a crowd. You notice the good shepherd calls his sheep by name. He calls them by name. It's never, hey, you, hey, over there. It's never, hey, y'all, yeah, y'all, y'all over there, come here. No, it's Mary, Mary, Martha, Martha, Peter, Peter. He calls us by name. He shepherds us individually and specifically so that we get the food and the filling that we need. So when we come to his word, you know, when, when you're reading his word, you can, you can fill them. You know, if, if as you're reading, you fill a particular scripture, just kind of keeps kind of hanging in your mind. It kind of pops up, you know, you start to move on, but it seems to come back up in your mind. Go back to that scripture, you know, speak it out loud to yourself a few times, write it down, ask the Lord what it is that he's sharing with you, because this isn't about being able to say, I read five chapters today, or I read a verse today. It's about, I got to spend time with my savior today. Amen. It's that my savior whose whole persona is to save me, that I spent time with him so that he could save me. Amen. And he wants to save you. And we come to the Bible for that intimate relationship with the Lord. You know, there are different ways we get the word. Like right now, you're getting the word just by my speaking, speaking it to you through this podcast, right? You're getting the word. So I know you have a heart for God's word or you wouldn't be listening to these podcasts, right? Amen. You know, you get the word when you go to church on Sunday and that is definitely ordained by the Lord. The Lord is the one who raised up preachers uh, and, and brought us together on Sundays to hear a message from the pastor. He speaks of it in Corinthians. We see it all through Acts where they gather together on the first day of the week to have a message, to have preaching. And then it's after that preaching, we see uh, healings and miracles and, and signs and wonders break out. The Lord is the one who ordained it that way. But then we also see that during the week, they met in smaller groups, right? What do you think they did in those smaller groups? They talked about that message they just heard on Sunday. So they got to chew on the word some more. But then we can break it down even further. You know, Jesus is so gracious that he will let us have as much of him or as little of him as we want. It's up to us. You know, if we want to come to church every Christmas and that's it, okay. He's going to give you what he can on that one day of the year that you show up. But, you know, it's not his fault that you don't hear from him the rest of the year. You, know, you want to come on Christmas and Easter, okay. You want to come every Sunday, hey, that's even better because we never know what we might miss even in just one Sunday. Thomas missed seeing Jesus. He missed one Sunday and he missed seeing Jesus and spent a whole nother week in doubt and unbelief after all the other disciples had seen Jesus appear to them and got to touch his hands. Amen. So we never know. But then if you want even more, right, that's where you're doing like what you're doing right now and you're listening to extra teachings and, and, and getting more. But the greatest intimacy we can have is that one-on-one -on -one time in the word. And that's what the Lord wants. You know, he says in Song of Solomon, uh, chapter two, verse 13, he says, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. 
Oh, my dove in the clefts of the rock and the secret place of the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. I want you to say my voice is sweet and my face is lovely. That's how your Lord sees you. And oh, by the way, he's the one who created you. Amen. You hear the intimacy in there, the romance in there, how he wants to be romantic with you. Remember, Jesus is our bridegroom. Amen. And we are his bride. It says in Song of Solomon 7:10, I am my beloved, and his desire is toward me. Ooh, his desire, my beloved, is towards you. Coming to his word is not about a duty. It's about an intimacy. It's about desire. It's about being with the one who loves us so much that he chased us all the way to the cross, to the grave, and to heaven again. Amen. He chases us down with his love and his grace. Hallelujah. And just think about that. You know, the Lord gives us things in the natural to help us understand the supernatural. So follow me here with this. Ladies, is it enough for you to go out? You know, you, you go out on a, on, a, on a group date or out for an outing with your husband. And, and that's fun. And we, and we enjoy that. You know, and it's so good. We love to hear other people say wonderful things about our, about our husbands, you know. Uh, like, you know, I know I do. I love it when I hear people say, you know, your husband just really loves you. You can just tell how much he dotes on you and how he cares for you. And um, that's all wonderful. But guess what? There's a time and place. I want to be with a man, right? Amen, <laughs> ladies. You want to hold his hand. You want to snuggle up with him. You want him to hold you. You want that intimacy that nobody else gets. Men, come on now. I know you know what I'm talking about. You love it when the when the guys you you work with say, "Wow, you know your your wife's a really good-looking lady," and and you're you're so proud of the way she she raises your children. And and you know, parents, you know when people compliment your children, they're really complimenting you right? Because children are a reflection of the parents. Amen. And, and you enjoy those things. And of course we want those things. But at the end of the day, right, you want to hold your wife. Amen. You want to whisper in her ear, her ear. You want that intimate time together. And when we come to the Lord and his word, that is our intimate time with him. It's just me and you, Jesus. It's just me and you. And you know what he says in 2 Corinthians 3? He tells us that as we look into his word, right, as we look into his word, we are transformed into his likeness because as we look into his word, we're looking into his face. And not only that, it tells us, listen to this. This is so beautiful. It says that you are our letter written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are a letter of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the heart. Oh, he writes on your heart. As you look into his face, he's writing on your heart. And then you become a letter. 
And this is what happens. We come to the word. We read the word. The word transforms us. Jesus transforms us as we're looking into his face, as we're looking at him, as we see his glory. It says in, in uh, that same chapter, 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, now, I turned to the wrong chapter. It says, uh, but we all with unveiled face, the face again, beholding as in a mirror. If you've got your unveiled face, which means nothing's covering it, and you're looking into a mirror, what would you see? You would see a face. But he's telling us we're looking into the face, his face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. And so, so you already have a measure of Christ's glory in you. But the more we come to his word, the more that we see him, the more we have these intimate moments with him and the more we hear the word, even like I said, through these teachings and podcasts and, and, and your sermons that you get from your pastors, and you are being transformed from one measure of glory to a greater measure of glory to a greater measure of glory. The end result being that we are going to be transformed into the likeness of Christ himself. Hallelujah. What a gift. What an incredible, amazing gift that we should be transformed into the likeness of the Son of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I preached myself happy. I hope I preached you happy too. Amen. So going back to the letter thing, I want you to see how this works. We come to the, to the Word and we read it. The world does not come to the Word. The world does not come to God's Bible. The world does not come to hear His voice, but we do. And guess what happens when you close the Bible and you go to work? Because guess what? God knows you need to do that. Amen. He knows that you've got to close the Bible and go take care of your children. He knows that you've got to close the Bible and go do your errands. But now... He has written on your heart. And as you go about doing all those things, what the world sees is Christ in you, shining out of you. The words that they didn't read, they get to see in you. Hallelujah. Amen. And you're just running about doing chores or errands and going to work and not even realizing the impact and the testimony that you are to Christ. But now you know. Amen. Now you know. I want you to say, I am a living letter. For Jesus Christ. Amen. And say, I am a love letter. Hallelujah. You are a love letter. Amen. Oh, I'm so excited. And guess what? That's all just the startup. Woo! God, it's so good. That's just to get us going. So we're uh, we're we're back to we see why we want to come to the word. This is our this is our intimate time with the Lord. And we even get to, you know what, letting him guide us through it. Like, like I said, okay, I'm going to spend a little more time on this one scripture, you know, and can I, I want to tell you something else too. God knows about your day. He knows what's in your day. Do you remember the, that when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God provided them manna. It was, it was angels food. It says bread from heaven that would come down every night. It would lay on the dew of the ground. It never touched the dirt. It laid on the dew and they would come out of their tent and all they had to do was gather it up and eat. Well, Jesus himself said, I am the bread of life. You know, the Lord knows the, the food that you need for the day. He also knows what your day has in store for you. And you know, he can make five minutes feel like two hours and two hours feel like five minutes because God is outside time. 
So as we spend time with him, we actually step outside time because we're stepping into the supernatural with him. We're stepping into the spirit. So what I'm saying is, you know, when they collected the manna, the Lord told them they just collect how much they need. And it didn't matter if someone tried to, some people tried to collect a whole bunch to hoard it for the next day, but the next day it had rotted. You know why? Because we need manna every single day. We need God's word every single day. God's word feeds our spirit. If we need physical food every day, how much more we need spiritual food every day. And do you know sometimes even when, when you have cravings, like, you know, you ever catch yourself eating and you realize you're not actually really even hungry. You're just eating to eat or you're binging on some show on TV and it's not even doing anything for you. It's like you just can't stop watching. Let me tell you something. Our spirit effects are natural, right? God is a spirit being, but he created the natural world. They are interconnected. So sometimes when, when those things happen, I want to tell you that your soul is craving to be fed. It's your soul that needs to be fed. Your spirit's telling you, hey, come spend some time in the word with me. I've got something for you, right? And then, and then you find when you go and you, and you have that time in the word, then you're satisfied. I would even suggest keeping Bibles. Keep, I got Bibles all over my house, okay? Keep them next to the TV. You can grab your Bible and, and read your Bible during a commercial break. You know, there's not a lot of those depending on what kind of TV you have. But, you know, or while you're changing through episodes or whatever, you know, I have, I, I'm going to tell you, I got Bibles in every bathroom in my house, <laughs> you know? And mamas, some of y'all know that's the only time you get time to yourself. Use it. Amen. You're like, oh my goodness, I can't do that. That's not spiritual. My friend, God knows what you're doing. He made your body. I know some of you are like, I cannot believe she's saying this. You don't even want to know how many sermons I've shared that came from my time, you know, and all the many places that I keep my Bible. <laughs> Anyways, so what I'm saying is even your physical body, right, will start to crave the food from the word. And when those, when those Israelites were in the desert with the manna, it's like they got how much they needed for that day, but they couldn't keep it for the next day. No, the next day you need fresh manna. You need a fresh word. But here's the other thing. It's just like we move when God says to move and we, and we stay when God says to stay, you know, if you can, don't, don't worry about setting uh, a time limit. I mean, I know when you get up beforehand, if you have to go to work, uh, obviously you can't just sit there all day. But what I'm saying is that trust God to do what God does with whatever amount of time you have to give him and he will be able to feed you and he will lead you. And sometimes, right, you'll find that you're full and you actually spent less time with him. But he, he's telling you, Hey, I've filled you up. I've given what you need. You know, you can go on and go. And then you'll find out that some things come up that you needed that time for. Or I find the other way happens too. Sometimes where he's like, no, I, I know, I know there's things you got to do, but I just want you to stay here a few more moments. And I do. And then it's like somehow those things that needed to get done, get done twice as fast. Right? Oh, amen. We have such a good God. And, and, and let's just trust him and let him feed us and not get caught up in the details. You know, like, could you imagine, you know, sitting down to, to um, have coffee with a friend and, and then that like 15 minute mark, a timer goes off and they look at you and go, oh, sorry, you're done. That's our 15 minutes. And they leave. <laughs> like, right? That'd be kind of crazy. 
you know, or they sit down and, and you're, and you're talking they're like, okay, I need you to speed it up, speed it up, speed it up. Okay. You get to talk about this, 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 and this. Right. And I know we don't mean to, but I think sometimes we do that to the Lord, like, Lord, nope, I'm on a reading plan. I know that, that you want me to stop here, but I've got to get this, 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 and this read before I'm done. So I've got to keep going. You know, these are my friends, really, I hope that this is all practically helping you uh, to make your time in the Bible more enjoyable and, and to really see that this is a relationship. We come to God's word for God. Amen. We come to God's word for God. We come to see Jesus. We come to get to touch him and to see his face and to let him transform us. You know, have you ever, I don't, maybe because I've moved around a lot in my life, but I have this habit Especially if I'm around people with a strong accent, it does not take me very long to pick up their accent. And I've been that way since I was a kid. Like I said, I think because we, we moved around so much um, that, yeah, I will just pick up their accent and start talking just like them. I've had people ask me if I'm from all over the place, you know, if they're talking to me on the phone because I would have all these different accents. And I wouldn't try to do it. I wouldn't even know that I did it. I wouldn't even hear it in myself. You know, it's just as effortless to let Jesus transform us when we just come to his word to be with him. He will transform us and we will be talking like him, sounding like him, looking like him, smelling like him, and we won't even know it until someone stops and says, hey, what's going on with you? Hey, you, you just, I just like being around you. Hey, you know, you always seem to have such a joy or, or have it all together, you know, and they don't know all the struggles that you have. Do you know that is the greatest compliment? One of the greatest compliments we can give our father that we don't look burdened down like the world, because if we do, it means our papa's not taking very good care of us. You know, I love it when people tell me that they, that I look like I've never had a day's worth of trouble in my life. And I just think, wow, wow, Lord, that's what you've done in me. That's what you've done in me. Oh, amen. My friend, we're going to have to wrap it up. And we didn't even get to today's parable. <laughs> I told you there was a parable, but you're going to have to come back for it. Oh, but guess what? We're going to follow that cloud. We're going to sit when he tells us to, to sit and stay and just enjoy him. And, and uh, I truly enjoyed this today. I, I enjoyed being with you. I enjoyed being with the Lord. I hope and pray that you did too and that you are encouraged. Uh, you know, and, and just remember that, that the Lord always sees you as his beloved. You are his beloved and he desires you. And the reason he wants you to come to his word is because of his great desire for you, because he so adores you. Just like a father or a mother adores their child, he just wants to see your face. He wants to hear your voice. That's how our Father God sees us. And then Jesus is our bridegroom, just like a bridegroom waiting for his bride. Man, as you had that, that day expecting and waiting for your bride. Amen. That's how Jesus, Jesus waits for us. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you that your word goes to work in us. Lord, based on who you are, not based on who we are. And we just declare, Lord, that, that you bring the fruit of your word in our lives. And we pray for a greater revelation 
for your spirit of wisdom, that we would have a greater revelation of who you are, Lord, of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, my friends. Till next time, keep on living, loving, and laughing in grace.